Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining us today for the podcast. Have a really interesting postcard here from Lori Newman. Lori, thanks for sending this in. Uh, Her son actually brought this back from Africa. A couple elephants on there. But uh, thanks for your kind words, uh, Lori, and for listening and for being such a faithful uh, part of Everyday Truths. Really does mean a lot to me. Hey, we're in uh, Jeremiah chapter number 45 today, I think. Let's let's check that out. And we're going to attempt to do something never before accomplished in Everyday Truth history. Uh, we are going to cover—actually, we're in chapter number 44— and we are going to cover eight chapters today. Now, I know that sounds impossible, but just the way the, the, the chapters unfold and the nature of the material, I think you'll see uh, how we'll do that today. So in chapter 44, Jeremiah is in Egypt. Remember uh, yesterday, we talked about the fact that he had essentially been taken against his will by Johanan uh, down to Egypt. And there in Egypt, God gave him a prophecy. And the prophecy that God gave Jeremiah was essentially, listen, folks, uh, you are making the same mistake as your forefathers. Will, Will you just not trust me? If you stay here and continue to worship false gods, because that's what began to happen, inevitably, you go to the wrong place, get away from the right influences, you're going to start worshiping the wrong things. And that's what happened. And Jeremiah gave a very stiff rebuke to them. Uh, in Egypt about turning to God and rebuking them for their idolatry and all of it. In fact, I wanted to read you uh, a verse, a verse number, I think it's verse number 28. Yes, where the people respond uh, to Jeremiah and they say to him, listen, it just doesn't work serving God. We tried the God thing, and now we worship the gods of Egypt, including the queen of heaven. It seems circumstantially that things are going way better for us, and we would rather serve the God of convenience and the God of tangible results than the God that we can't see, that they were just seeing it all wrong, weren't they? We do the same thing. And the Bible says in verse number 28, this is part of Jeremiah's prophecy uh, to them. He says, yet a small number that escaped the sword shall return out of the land of Egypt into the land of Judah. You're going to be destroyed here, said Jeremiah, just like your forefathers were destroyed in, in Jerusalem not too long ago. But a small remnant will leave Egypt and go back to Judah as a testimony to the fact that your plans don't work. And here's what it says. And all the remnant of Judah that are gone into the land of Egypt to sojourn there, they shall know whose words shall stand, mine or theirs. What a statement from the Lord. The Lord said, one day we're going to know whose words will stand, your words of rebellion and self-sufficiency or my eternal word, 
which word shall stand? And of course, we know the word of God stands. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That was the prophecy of chapter 44. In chapter 45, it's the shortest chapter in the book of Jeremiah, we take a journey back uh, some years to a time when Jehoiakim was still ruling. And Baruch is the subject of chapter 45. Remember, Baruch is Jeremiah's secretary. And Baruch in chapter 45 was having a little pity party. He didn't see... Jeremiah's prophecies being obeyed. He didn't see the people responding. Things didn't seem to be getting better. They were getting worse. Baruch had members of his own family that climbed the political ladder and seemed to be doing well under Zedekiah. And Baruch just kind of got discouraged. And God came to Baruch and said, Baruch, you're placing all of your value in things that will pass away. Don't seek great things for yourself, Baruch. Don't be so concerned about power and prestige and position. Those things come and go. And Baruch, the blessing I'm going to give you is the blessing of life. And in spite of the judgments that will come, in spite of all of the vicissitudes of life, Baruch, you will retain your life and I will watch over you. And I think the reason why this chapter is included here, even though it's not chronologically fitting, is because it's a flashback to say, Baruch, remember way back when, when you were complaining about not having this or that and things not working out? And Baruch, here you are years later, and many, many people have died. And many, many people have been taken captive. And many, many bad things have happened. But Baruch, I have been faithful to you in the little things, and I have given you life. The word Baruch actually means blessing, the blessing of just having the favor and protection of God ought to be something that we're very, very thankful for. And chapter 45 teaches us that lesson. Then as we approach chapter 46 of the book of Jeremiah, and this is what I really wanted to summarize. So chapters 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, and 51 are all prophecies from Jeremiah to not Judah, not the people of God, but they're prophecies about the Gentile nations that exist around Judah. So almost as if God is saying, you know, all of these things that you see out of the window of your life, these other nations perhaps that have been just as rebellious as you, these other nations, in some cases, that have attacked you. And sometimes if, if we're not careful, we look at the world around us and we say, Lord, it's not fair. You know, I'm you, We're your people, and it seems as if we're the ones being judged and we're the ones that are having a bad time. Well, please understand that judgment begins at the house of God, and those of us that know the Lord are at a much higher level of accountability than our worldly counterparts. But that does not mean that God overlooks the sins of these nations around. And Jeremiah concludes his book by uttering these prophecies. Some of them are prophecies that have been collected and are now being shared that he had prophesied some years before, but they find their place in the book here at the end. And it's a prophecy against the nine Gentile nations that surround Judah. 
Okay, and here they are. In chapter number 46, it's a prophecy basically against Egypt. So Egypt was really a rival world power to Babylon. It, it, Babylon eventually did defeat Egypt, but remember, Judah was kind of in the middle of Babylon and Egypt during all these years. And what we find is that Egypt, as safe as she appeared, as strong as she seemed, uh, suffered the rebuke and the judgment of God in chapter number 46. In chapter 47, matter of fact, chapter, yes, chapter 47, the entire rebuke is against the Philistines, the age-old enemies of God's people from the days of David, right, and Saul, all the way until now, the, during the entire time of the monarchy, the Philistines have been a nettlesome foe. And it seems as if you know, are they ever going to go away? I mean, that's modern day Gaza. Gaza is one of the cities of the Philistines uh, back in those days. And in chapter 47, God pronounces judgment upon the Philistines. And we saw, see a measure of that judgment take place all the way back in 609 BC. So that's actually historical to the time that we're in Jeremiah right now. And then chapter number 48 is the prophecy against Moab. Remember, across the Jordan River on the other side of the Dead Sea are the nations of the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Edomites. Now, the Moabites and the Edomites, these are, are Ammonites and, and the Moabites, these are the, the, the offspring of Lot, the cousins of the Lord, uh, the cousins of God's people, I should say. And then the Edom, that, that translates the ancient descendants of Esau. So these are people related to Isaac, obviously his brother, to Abraham, Lot, his nephew, and Lot's children, Moab and, and Ammon. So they, they should have been allies of God's people, but they weren't. They were enemies of God's people, and they took advantage. And sometimes they rode the coattails of larger powers like Egypt and, and, and Babylon. Lord, what are you going to do to them? Well, what we find in chapter 48 is a prophecy against Moab. And then in chapter 49, against Ammon and against Edom, and then also in chapter number 49, against Damascus, so that would be Syria, and then against Kirah, that would be the, the, the desert regions south of Bethlehem in the Negev desert, that area. And so what is, what is the Lord doing? The Lord is saying, all of these neighbors that you've looked at and wondered about, I am, I am God, and I judge in my time and under my conditions, and you can trust me. I think about Psalm 73, written by Asaph, who back in his day was complaining and saying, Lord, it just doesn't seem fair that you're judging your people. Uh, things are going so bad in my life, and I look out my window and all the doers of wrong are being blessed. Sometimes in the moment, it doesn't seem as if God is fair, but God is always fair. And shall not the judge of all the universe do right. And we're seeing that here as God has a plan for every nation, every kindred, every tribe. God's at work in every place. And this is just a snippet for us to see in the book of Jeremiah that all of that is true. So in chapter 49, Ammon and Edom, Damascus, Kira, Elam, that would be even further to the east, even encompassing places like Iran, what is the Lord showing us? The Lord is showing us that I am in control. Now, a glance at world history might seem that, oh, it's Pharaoh or it's uh, Tiglath-Pileser 
or it's Nebuchadnezzar, or it's Darius, or it's Cyrus, or it's Alexander, or it's uh, one of the Caesars. No, no, that's just the appearance of control. What we find in the book of Jeremiah over and over again, it is God who is in control. And remember what he told to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I know it seems odd to you that I would use the Chaldeans, the Babylonians as a tool to punish my own people. And I know that at surface glance, it appears to you that in some way I'm blessing them, but I'm not. I'm simply allowing them to be a tool in my hand. I'm in control. They are my servant and I will deal with them accordingly, which leads me to chapters 50 and 51. Because in chapters 50 and 51 of the book of Jeremiah, we have a two-chapter a two-chapter rebuke, a prophecy against Babylon. Now, the entire book, we've been talking about Babylon, 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 the Babylonian invasions, Nebuchadnezzar, all of it. But God's been keeping score. God's been watching out. And do you know that Babylon really only has a world domination for 80 or 90 years? It's not a long time. No, God uses her allows her this this window, but judges her massively. And that's what we find in chapters 50 and 51. And of course, we we learn all about it, how the Medo-Persian Empire took over Babylon. Remember Belshazzar, the, the writing on the wall, the finger on the wall, all of that. God is true to his promise. And what's very interesting at the end of chapter 51 is Jeremiah recounts an episode in his life when Zedekiah had been actually summoned to Babylon. This is before Zedekiah was deposed. This is before Zedekiah lost his children. This is a Judah is still a nation. And he went on a trip to Babylon and this uh, servant went with him. This, this official went with him named Sariah and Jeremiah gave this prophecy, the prophecy of chapters 50 and 51. He gave this prophecy to Sariah. It says, Sariah, when you get to Babylon, which was in the midst of her power, the hanging gardens of Babylon and uh, all of the opulence and the wealth and the power of a world kingdom, when you get there, Sariah, read this prophecy. And when you're done reading the prophecy, take the scroll, wrap it around a big rock and throw it in the Euphrates River and say, just as that rock sank and cannot float, so Babylon will sink and will never rise again. Show them this prophecy, tell them this prophecy, and then show them this illustration. What a brave prophecy. What a brave man was Sariah. But guess what? All of it was true. And what a encouragement that must have been to men like Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, Azariah, others that were in captivity to see this bold man of God representing faithful Jeremiah back home who never really saw good results to his ministry and yet trumpeted out the word of God, the word that did come to pass, the word that was true, the word that is true, the word that you and I have studied in the book of Jeremiah. So one more chapter. Tomorrow, we'll finish chapter number 52. I want you to be here for that. We'll close out 2023 with a 
last chapter summary of chapter number 52. Hope you'll join us for that. Until then, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.